During the next 10 minutes, you will hopefully gain a greater knowledge of modern teaching methods and how people working in education learn about these techniques. Do teachers agree with these methods or do they feel that the techniques they used when they first began teaching were better? First of all, let's find out about our experts. My name's Graham Brown. I teach at a primary school called West End in Elgin. It's got about 220 kids, all primary school age. I'm Sally Nicholl and I'm a lecturer at Murray College. I've been involved in education for over 20 years. However, I've been teaching in further education for the last nine years. I teach a very wide-ranging age group, from 13-year-olds up to mature adults. Many people know that with time, teaching methods change, and newly qualified teachers may teach different to older teachers. What I want to find out is what new methods are being introduced into teaching, and if teachers adapt to change or stick with the techniques they were originally taught. I started teaching in the 1970s, so between then and now, things have changed an awful long way. In those days, you really taught to the whole class, and there's a few people who are remedial. Now things have changed a tremendous amount, and they're supposed to be more engaged and active in their own learning. There's been a huge shift, and particularly recently with the Curriculum for Excellence. The curriculum has changed from 5 to 14 to Curriculum for Excellence. We in childcare actually have a double-edged sword in that we're not only teaching our students to go out there and work with children, we're also having to abide by the Curriculum for Excellence um, guidelines as well. This is a really good time in primary schools just now. I sometimes wish that my kids actually went through primary school now rather than when they went through about 10 years ago. We're now working curriculum for excellence. Although in primary school the content hasn't changed very much, the style of learning and teaching has changed a lot. Even a few years ago there was still a bit of fear of the teacher, whereas that nowadays that's changed an awful lot. And instead of teaching to the kids, we teach with the kids. It suits me down to the ground. I love having the autonomy of using my imagination in the way that I deliver my subject and I love very much standing, encouraging others to take the lead. What I particularly enjoy is seeing my students' self-confidence improve. Methods we've got just now are far better. Kids are happier, and if any kid leaves the class, leaves the school, and goes home and tells parents that they've been bored, can't possibly believe them. You just shape what you've been doing over the last 30 years or so. I think it's quite wrong if you throw out absolutely everything you were doing in the 70s and 80s. So I think a variety of techniques, learning techniques, that we've been using over the last 30 years are appropriate. We now know that teachers seem to be quite keen to adopt new methods, but their old methods have not been completely forgotten about. The next thing that has been puzzling me is how teachers learn about new methods and if Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Education agrees with these new methods, or if they want teachers to stick to the old methods. We get instructions, guidance directly from Learning Teaching Scotland, basically a national body that points direction for all schools to go in. So the school itself will consider the advice we get, but also our local authority will collectively 
put on various courses for schools to inform schools about what we should be doing. We as a staff regularly throughout the year have staff development. Our line managers are extremely supportive and, and welcome you undertaking any professional development courses. I had learnt about my um, particular methods, which is called the Critical Skills Programme, through my work in going out to schools supporting students on placement. I was very fortunate that my line manager was very supportive. I finished that level one and that was a six day training course and then I was very fortunate to be able to go on to level two. Our authority has been promoting critical skills which fits very, very well in with curriculum for excellent methods. So the children should be engaged in their work, they should be thinking about things, they should be discussing, they should be learning, um, it shouldn't all have to come from the teacher. We've recently been inspected and inspectors really did like classes where these active methods were going on. Two years ago we were inspected, HMIE came and I was actually targeted because they were looking particularly at the younger students. The inspector who came to my classes, he was also from a college down south and obviously having the same young students and he had great behavioural problems with his youngsters. So he was really taken with the way that the youngsters were focused on what they were doing. There was no misbehaviour, they were all working hard and, and he could see achieving. Dealing with students who have learning difficulties or bad behaviour can be a challenge for educational establishments. Let's see if we can put some light on what kind of methods schools use to help with these challenges. We've got quite a variety of learning difficulties throughout the school. Quite a lot of kids with autism, some physically disabled children, some children with illness. We've got a very good support for learning department, so we would identify what the problems are and then break their learning down to the next few steps. We then review it to make sure they've been achieved and then set the next targets. We have a lot of students and we embrace students with additional support needs. We have a huge learning support department in the college structure and we work very closely with them. We have also what we call a virtual learning environment called Blackboard, which we use and all our materials are put up there often a week by week basis and so students who perhaps can't take notes down quite quickly enough, students who feel a wee bit lost, need a wee bit extra support, can go onto Blackboard and can look over the lesson. We do have support workers who we can request support for certain classes and will come in and help students. We're quite lucky in our school that we don't have an awful lot of bad behaviour and most of the behaviour is shaped by having reward schemes in the classrooms and throughout the whole school. For example, we've got a house point system, so the children work towards getting house points during the week and then they celebrate that at the end of the week. However, when there is some bad behaviour in the school, um, we're quite quick in contacting the parents to make sure the parents are fully aware of what's going on in school. And once or twice in the last few years, we have had to have a short exclusion of some children, which really shows them what they can do and what they can't do. I've been very fortunate over my years. I can only actually think of one incident where I had an example of behaviour that, that was very extreme. We do have strict disciplinary dis procedures in college and we also have a wider network of early intervention team, we call it, 
for more extreme cases, we have a student guidance officer who will come in and intervene and will try and sort whatever the problem is out. On the one incident that I had, the student was actually directed to another course that was felt more suitable to her needs with her agreement. So she was actually then you know, effectively removed from my particular class. Finally, let's finish on what our experts feel are their favourite teaching methods that they like to use. I like to do some carousels with either the children or my staff. A carousel is where you perhaps give three key questions on a topic, break the group into three, each group studies one of the questions, they then like brainstorming all the different ideas. They then move on to the next question where the first group has tackled that and given some ideas and that gives the second group quite a lot of ideas to start from. Once all of the groups have gone round all three questions, you get an awful lot of um, ideas from the whole class. Everybody's taken part and then you can either perhaps summarise each of the key questions, but it means you've got through an awful lot of work in a relatively short space of time and everybody has to have taken part. I love to set um, my students off with a timed challenge and I love watching how they organise that. We've done a lot of work on problem solving, on teamwork and I love watching them implement that before me and seeing how they approach problem solving tasks. Thank you Sally Nicol and Graham Brown for giving us your time. I hope you now have a greater understanding of teaching methods and can possibly use some of this information in your own lessons. Thank you for listening.